welcome to the Life Redesigned Podcast, where we talk about how you grow through what you go through. Life will always bring you challenges, and I am determined to not allow your past to set your future, but rather your life this far to shape who you are as a strong, confident woman. Allow yourself and your life to be redesigned and be all that you've always dreamed of. You deserve it. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Amy Osteen with Life Redesign talking today about going, growing through what you go through. So here's another podcast episode, and I'm super pumped today to be joined by Tamara Gooch. And I'm trying to think when we met, we met, didn't we meet at a, like a chamber event or something a super mm-hmm. long time ago, right? Yeah. 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 And, then, um, and then you came to speak at the studio, yeah. which I loved. And I totally still have my notes for that, by the way. Awesome. Yes, I loved that. So today we're just, we're going to be talking about and touching on a little bit about her story. And, you know, you, all of you know what we talk about here on Life Redesigned. We talk about, holy moly, this happened in my life. How did we get through it? Some really good tools, which I love that Tamara is going to share because she's a coach and we'll talk more about that. So some actual tools that you can walk away with and really move forward, take another step and really talking about how, how that redesign comes into play. So Tamara, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story, who you are, and we'll start there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on. Um, and hello world. I am Tamara Seaguch. I am the founder and CEO of Tamara Seaguch Coaching and Consulting, where in short, we empower family-centered women in the business startup phase, seeking to eradicate life's clutter, gain clarity, optimize productivity, and build a profitable online business. Doing so without sacrificing freedom, time with family, but most importantly, time with self. Um, So I am a um, master certified life and business coach. So yeah, I went back to school (laughs) to make sure that I did that because I initially want to um, train other women who are seeking to become coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I am an author. I am a one-time international best-selling and a two-time, three-time Amazon best-selling author. Um, I am a speaker, a trainer, a podcast host. I love that. And soon to be TV host, but we're going to shh on that for a moment. Um, that <laughs> works behind the scenes. Um, and there's one other thing that I'm working on, but I'll mention that at the end. Um, okay. so that's pretty much me in a nutshell on top of being a mom, a wife, a homeschooling mom. Um, and I, I love what I do. I love, um, I love homeschooling my child. She's never been to a traditional school, mm-hmm. um, because it gives me the opportunity to allow her to learn in her environment while wow. I can foster her creativity while I foster my own creativity and work with clients the way I like to work with clients because I'm not bound by just an office at home. Yeah. So I do really enjoy um, everything that I do now. Starting out, I never thought that I would become a coach, an author, a speaker. I fought it. I literally 
fought against it because of what I was going through at the time. And I kept thinking like, okay, Lord, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. You know, and I know for some people who may be, you know, Christians or whatnot, they may say, well, you're not supposed to talk to God like that. Well, I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right here. I talk to him like that's my homie. Yeah. And yeah, I'm honest. I'm yeah. honest. What I was going through at the moment, this was long before I had gotten married to the husband that I'm with now. I was coming out of an abusive marriage mm-hmm. and I kept having the need to get my story out but it was the shame the Mm -hmm. embarrassment because I'm thinking everybody is going to know my business and they don't need to know my business because I know how people talk and the first thing that they that that and when I say they I mean people who don't understand abuse will automatically say well why didn't she just leave it's Mm -hmm. not that easy Mm -hmm. Because if I just left and he knew when I was leaving, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Exactly. Being able to share that story. So um, the thought came to me to write a book. And I was like, mm, no, not going to do it. And God kept saying, write the book. Not going to do it. Write the book. I was like, nope, not going to do it. So I got released from corporate America in May 2011. It was actually May 12th, 2011. And oddly, I wasn't upset. I wasn't angry. Um, And my exact words to my pastor was, I don't feel like fighting. I don't feel like going off on anybody. I I don't feel like I don't have anger in me to release because of being let go from corporate America. And that shocked me. Mm-hmm. and I went and sat and had breakfast with myself, and I said, okay, Jesus, it's me and you. Mm. What do you want me to do? Yeah. And I chuckled because in me, it was that instant, okay, now you have time to write that book. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But it was, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, you're not writing it for you. Uh, millions of women who are going through it right now yeah that right there in and of itself I said okay yeah what does that look like who do I need to connect with what I was just asking the questions Mm -hmm. because I had never written a book writing a college essay is different than writing a book and I had one one friend I was reaching out to people who had already written books had money to pay them to coach me the door was being slammed and I thought something was wrong with me because I said okay I have money to pay you to coach me what's wrong with me yeah you don't want my money but then it was again took the Holy Spirit to tell me sometimes people are intimidated by the blessing that they see on your life Mm. so I said okay I just so happened to connect with an old high, um, high school friend of mine who had written a book and I had saw that she was at uh, some book convention, real huge that they have in Houston. And wow. I reached out and I told her, um, is there any way you can give me step-by-step on what I need to do to get started? Yeah. I said, that's all I need. She gave me as much as she could. I was then um, introduced just scrolling on Facebook by um, ran into a young lady Her name is Tamika. She is the owner of um, a publishing company. Okay. 
where she's been on TV. She is very well-known, um, a very well-known author. I think she has over 38 books or so. And she was willing to coach me um, with the small details of, yeah. of self-publishing. And she mentioned to me, once I'm done coaching you, I want you to publish your book, but I want you to go back and I want you to coach others. That was all I needed uh, to hear. Yeah. So I didn't have a team of people. I reached out to one of the teenagers, or shall I say young women, who, um, well, she worked, she worked at uh, a place that I worked at years ago. Yeah. She was friends with a young lady who I went to church with. And I knew that on the side, while she was going to, to law school, that she designed book covers. Well, she designed my first book cover. Um, and then I reached out to an old high school English teacher. She was the editor. That's <laughs> so, so amazing. I was reaching. I was yeah. reaching. And I planned the entire um, book launch by myself. Wow. That is some work right there. I know it's that. That is some work. It was some heavy lifting. I had my mom sitting next to me. I hired my daughter and my niece to, to um, make sure that I had t-shirts made. A friend of mine has a, a company where he creates shirts, coats, hoodies, and all that. So I had him make t-shirts because I wanted other merch to be able to sell while there. I had my dad and my fifth oldest brother at the other door selling tickets for, I was raffling off uh, gift baskets. Okay. and coaching that and I had nice items inside um trips and and mugs and it was just a lot of things that I wanted to do and I spent and I'm not saying this to because I'm not one of those people that I have to put money out there but I'm saying this in hopes that someone who's listening pick it up yeah I spent about, I want to say close to $1,800 for my book sign. Because my dad paid for um, a promotion that he wanted to do a billboard. I said, no, billboards don't move. Mm -hmm. I said, I want to put it on a bus because I've never seen anyone do it like that. Yeah. So he was like, oh, he said, now you're thinking. I don't know where the thought came from, but I was... I've always been told by my parents to think like there is no box. Yeah. Small-minded people think inside of a box because they're too that. afraid to step out and take a risk on themselves. Yeah. So when I created the banner for the back and the side of the bus, I reached out to the person at um, the bus depot. It was only supposed to run one month. That's how much I paid for. Yeah. Well, and I say this was nobody but God, because no one else submitted anything to put on that particular bus, it stayed. It stayed on for three months. So, so meant to be. It not only went up and down Forty Fourth Street, but it went out to uh, Grand Valley State University. It went out to Davenport. It went to locations 
around Michigan that I never thought it could have reached people. So anybody who pulled up on the side or behind the bus saw it. Yeah. So that's how I saw a lot of, that's how I gained a lot of customers and, 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 and buyers. Yeah. I hear a lot of what you're saying is time to be quiet. That sounds like that was already in your, that was already your mindset of life and time to take. And that's where you heard. And then I also hear that it was, it was a lot of you really trusting the process. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine that you were writing this book, like everything's coming out perfectly. I'm not nervous. This is so easy. I can't, I can only imagine what you felt inside of like, I'm, I'm nervous to share my story or I'm scared about this and how you just really trusted that process am am I accurate in saying those couple things are so accurate first and foremost I'm a people person yeah but I had a mortgage to pay I had a daughter who was two years away from graduating high school getting ready for college she was in the cotillion so I had all of that and I didn't know where to begin when it came to writing, but I knew I had to exercise that small amount of faith. What did that look like? Because I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. And I kept saying, Lord, this is just not going to work. <laughs> I was like, oh, nobody is going to, after they read my story, I said, my story is just a small portion. And I said, well, Lord, if you position me help me find other women who have a story to tell. Yeah. You set me up with seven, Mm. seven, seven, seven other women. And, and I'm big, I'm not, I'm not big on astrology. I don't, you know, do the numerology and all of that, but seven is God's number of completion. Mm -hmm. I knew right then and there that that's all I needed. And they were willing So (laughs) each night I would start working and just typing and just typing and just typing. That was therapy because when I hit a brick wall, I stopped. I cried. I was like, Lord, why do you have me doing this? I don't want to do this. It hurts hurts to relive the story. It hurts hurts to the core because I was remembering everything I went through Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything I went through it was like I had to stop and 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 pray a lot of times because I was getting I was getting angry thinking that God was punishing me for the choices that I was making but in reality he was healing me healing you. of yeah. what I had gone through so that I would not be bitter, but better. Yeah. And I didn't see it at the time, but I kept writing because maybe I'm just stubborn. And all of the interviews went well. I kept exercising faith. And I love the fact that the seven women showed up at the book signing. And some of them were comfortable to say, I can stand up here. And, you know, they thanked me for pulling it out of them because they said I was stuck. Yeah. I was stuck. 
And yeah. getting that out allowed me to just move pushing, keep pushing no matter what, because now my story, what I've gone through doesn't hold me back. Yeah. I can live. I can breathe. One of the ladies said to me with tears in her eyes, she said, I finally feel like I'm not weighted down. Mm. And I understood that feeling because you feel like you have weights on your shoulder, weights on your chest. And it's kind of like, how do I breathe? Yeah. Behind this smile is fear. Behind this smile is dread. Behind this smile is, you know, hurt, pain, agony, because you're beating yourself up saying, why did I stay? Yeah. Especially when you go through the story that I think there's, there's embarrassment, there's shame in there. Oh gosh. Yeah. Why wouldn't, 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 why would, didn't I do this just a year earlier? Exactly. Well, you know, and as you're remembering, it's almost like you start to remember and you're putting all the pieces together and you're looking at like this bird's eye view of like, this sounds absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, why me? Yes. Yes. Why me, Lord? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Such a brave, that's a brave, brave, brave story to tell. It was hard. Yeah. I think that was outside of giving natural birth. That was one of the hardest things I've ever had Mm. to do because I had to stand up. I had to write some truths in that book that some family members did not like. Yeah. I was just going to ask you if you got any kickback or how that I did release just, you know, did you, I did, I did. And, um, like I said, I am a work in progress. God knows that better than anybody. My mouth can be, can get the best. Yeah. And we used to have family Bible studies. So, um, a Sunday, the Sunday after, uh, the book signing, we resumed family Bible study. And one of my sister-in-law says, uh, in the midst of, I can't remember exactly what, what chapter and verse we were, we, we were talking about, but she started referencing something and I'm listening and I'm going, oh, okay. So she must have read the book and the part that I wrote about her it was the truth okay I can't lie about what happened in those instances because I lived right and my daughter and niece lived it with me Mm -hmm. they know Mm -hmm. so me being me I said okay well we're not going to talk around it it's obvious you read the book is there anything you want to say sure I'm not a person to tiptoe around any issue. I talk about issues that some people are too afraid to talk about. And I love that about me. I, I love, love to step on toes. Yeah, I love to step on toes because some of these things happen more in church than they do outside of church. Mm-hmm. But people are so used to hiding behind scripture when God is saying, nope, uh-uh, I'm going to put this out here. Yeah. So when I confronted her, she said, well, there's not, there's nothing to talk about. I said, okay, well, we're not going to do the side slide type conversation. If you have a question, ask me. Yeah. Otherwise let's move on and get back to the topic at hand. Yeah. And we're going to move forward. 
And it was nothing ever said after that. It was just the looks and the, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. those. Love her to this day. We, she, she knows how I am. That was the truth. That's why nobody else who was mentioned in the book can come forward and try to challenge me on that because they know their part in what they did. I just put it on paper. Exactly. Um, So other people who, if you're not supporting someone who is going through or has gone through an abusive situation, and you treat them like they have crap on them or like they have leprosy or like they stink, don't Mm -hmm. act like you were there for them. Because I heard a saying, church people are the first to shoot their wounded. And I felt that when I was going through what I I was going through. I really felt that. The only people who really supported me were my parents. Were my parents. That's amazing that you had that support. Yeah. A lot of people don't. They don't because I came home to nothing. Mm-hmm. I had $495 in my bank account. I had to sleep. My mom said, you have the whole basement. My daughter slept on a blow up that my dad went and bought. My niece slept on the couch. I slept on the chaise lounge. Oh my goodness. And I did that for an entire year. But God. Mm-hmm. because in the midst of that I was blessed with a corporate job I was blessed to get a house I was blessed you know so yeah. it's so many things that people don't think yeah. that can happen to them the good when they decide to say I am surrendering it all yeah I'm surrendering it all and I'm done trying to do it my way because that was me. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. (laughs) And my way wasn't working. Right. We just talked about that at our retreat over this past, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before we talked about relaxing, casting and resting and just how relaxing into whatever it is that is going on. That that is also surrendering. It's also just giving it and saying, I'm going to cast this. It's going to go there, whatever comes back or however it ends up, it's not in my control. And I have to let go of that. I have to cast it away and I have to rest in the fact that it is not in my control. And the way that it turns out without me inputting anything is going to be how it should be. So we talked a lot about surrender. We talked a lot about, you know, just really taking your hands and just going, okay. Yeah, we have to release. Yeah, just releasing all of that, you know. We have to release. Yeah, so. Sometimes we don't like to do that. I know. I know we did a control freaks, but. No. Well, and I think even when it's unhealthy, sometimes we don't want to. I think there is a piece of that when you come from a toxic relationship like that. There is, because it was toxic, right? There is a piece of you that's like, well, but it was a part of me or I'm going to hang on because, and you don't know why, because it was toxic. So there is some sort of hesitancy, I think. It is. That come from that to to release, you know? It is. It's, you're, you're thinking you're holding on to a piece of you. Yeah. 
that if you release it all, that you're letting go of who you are as a woman and you're not. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is you're releasing the toxicity. What I call you're releasing the clutter. And so many people assume right off that it's physical clutter. You know, I have to clean my area. No, you're releasing emotional clutter. You're releasing physical clutter. You're meaning within. You're releasing mental clutter. You're releasing relational clutter. You're releasing financial clutter. You're releasing spiritual clutter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so many others, but there's seven that I focus on when it comes to me working with clients now that the release method is needed. But the first step is for people to recognize. You can't own anything. You can't release anything unless you recognize that that thing exists. Right. And so often we put up this wall. We have a wall full of masks that we put on depending on where we're going. If we're going to church, we got one mask on. We're going to hang out with our friends. We have another mask on because that's that protection of, I don't need people knowing everything. So yeah. I'm I'm putting up... I, I, I chipped away at the wall, but there's still some layers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you go through the steps necessary to release all of that clutter, and it's a gruesome, or shall I say it can be, yeah. because there are questions that you would need to ask yourself in order to get through that, right? to recognize those things. It's being honest with you. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like being honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. They really don't like being honest with themselves. And, you know, the beauty behind how my business started with writing the book first. So in 2019, we actually had the stage play at my church. It was, huh, it was freaking awesome. It was freaking awesome because we touched on every type of abuse yeah there is and we had like I say we threw a little monkey wrench in there that some people did not realize that spiritual abuse and financial abuse was actually a thing But we also threw a second monkey wrench is because we had one scene, one act. We had the wife who was abusing the husband. Mm. That blew their minds. They were like, oh my gosh. Mm. What is financial abuse? Yep. I said, as we mentioned, I was in a marriage where my ex was bringing home I'd say about 300 grand a year, a little bit over. My allowance was 250, sometimes $200 a month. That's financial abuse. Yeah. He gave me both checkbooks, credit cards. But if I spent one thing, it was a phone call. Did you just buy it? Mm -hmm. Why did you buy it? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to come home and there's going to be this big blowout. Yeah. So So now I'm careful. I don't do it. Don't do it for the sake of just keeping the peace. Exactly. 
So it was, you know, educating people on what happens every day. Yeah. And some people don't realize it, but also coaching my clients through the release so that once they go through each step and they come out totally different than when they went in, they can say, you know what? I did the work. Yeah. I did the work. I cried buckets of tears, but I was able to release it. I was able to surrender those things that I was holding on to. And I always tell them, it's kind of like, they're like this. You're still holding on to all of that toxicity because you think that makes you, you, that gives you edge. If I let go, then I'm letting go a part of me. But what you're doing is you're stopping yourself from being blessed because there's blessings in, in what you have gone through. There's purpose in that pain. Yeah. Your testimony is in that test. Your message is in that mess. You got to stand up and say to yourself, I'm not going to be a punk. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to deny myself a life of freedom. Yeah. A life of joy, happiness, true fulfillment. Because of what some insignificant person thought they were going to do to stop me from living. Yeah. And I think it's important to also know, as I'm sure you talk about this too, is, you know, once you release, you can then invite in. So it's like, if you are here, yeah, you are the whole time, nothing can ever. You're stuck. You're paralyzed. Yeah. Nothing is going to penetrate. You know, and I think Tyler Perry said it best. Sometimes we hold on to the things that God has been trying to release us from. Right. Without, we're not even thinking that yeah. we're, it's just like a, that, that defense mechanism. No, you're not living. You're just existing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you said something during, this was a while back, but you know, I wanted to talk about this today. Uh-huh. So I commented on one of your posts on Facebook. Yes. Because it said that people have been, people have called you angry. They've been mad at you. You've gone through all of this stuff. I wanted to actually find the actual post so I could read it. I pulled it up, but I wanted to actually talk about that because, you know, I'm, I'm all sorts of same as you. I love talking about the real grit and not, you know, everything's great. And I started my business and it's, I just, I like to hear about this kind of stuff. I really, really do. And I've gone through some, you know, some similar things, but you said, I've been called mean. I've been told I'm too much. I've been told I'm too direct. I've been told I'm blunt. I've been told I'm matter of fact, I've been called aggressive and I've been called angry. Yeah. I would love to hear what you experienced through that. Oh, wow. I'm sure there's so much around that, but was that through you writing? Was that through coaching? Was it through releasing your relationship? It was a combination of all of that. Yeah, okay. Let me start with the coaching first. I am not everyone's cup of tea. (laughs) I know that. My delivery for some people is a bit strong or can be for them. For them, yeah. I say that because what I have gone through 
as a single mother, I was a single mother for over 15 years. Mm-hmm. What I endured allows me to coach the way I coach because if you can make it through what I went through as a single mother coming out of not one abusive marriage but two Mm. and still be standing in your right mind I'm not on medication for bipolarism, for, you know, anxiety. I'm not on medication because they mess me up mentally. Yeah. I'm in my right mind. Yeah. I don't patty finger and pacify other women. God made us strong enough to give birth. Mm-hmm. If you're strong enough to push out a nine pound, 10 pound, eight pound, <laughs> seven pound. You can do anything. 100%. You can do Anything you set your mind to, you put limits on yourself. Yeah. I was in the midst of contemplating suicide after my second divorce. And when I heard God tell me, wait on me, the doors of abundance began to open up. When I set my tail down and I asked myself specific questions. Mm. So when I come in my coaching clients and I am too much, it's because I asked them certain questions like, hmm, so why did you decide to stay? Right. Why have you not decided to start that business? Right. Why are you sitting and then you're talking about the next woman who's doing it, even though she's doing it afraid? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you get on that stage to speak? Because the same energy it takes us to come up with an excuse as to why we can't do or why we didn't do or why we shouldn't do it's that same energy to come up with a solution as a why we can. Mm. So if coming at my coaching clients that way or speaking to another woman that way is me being me, too much, too direct, too blunt. Matter of fact, I've always been matter of fact. Yeah. I'm a person of, if I'm talking to you and I'm proving a point, I'm going to come with the facts. Give me the facts. Yeah. Don't don't sprinkle BS on what you're telling me because I can really read through it. Give me the the I'm a direct talker. Yeah. I don't like fluff. I do not like fluff conversation. I love talking to individuals, but when you're telling me what you think I want to hear, that's my look like really. Yeah. Be well, you. you can do that with anybody, right? It's like, isn't the point of coaching, you know, isn't the point of yes. us being here together to figure something out, to find solutions? Like, so that you can go from this level to the next level, to exactly. the next level. That's the point. So if that is me being matter of fact or aggressive or angry, then I'm not the person for you. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a household. I'm the youngest of seven kids. I have five brothers and our parents always taught us to use our words. Mm. Use your voice. Don't ever shy away from anyone, no matter their color, race, whatever. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. And that stuck with me. I love that. So some people look at it as being arrogant, aggressive. I look at it, I'm confident now. Yeah, yeah. I'm more confident now than I was before. Yeah. Now I have my, some clients who are like, I need that. 
Yeah. That to them is accountability. Yeah. Because I'm going to check on you. Oh, okay. So I saw you went on vacation. So I saw you went to the concert. So I saw you doing this, but you didn't get your assignment done. Mm-hmm. I call BS on that. Because <laughs> your assignment only takes, and what I tell them is take 90 minutes a day to do what I've assigned you to do. Yeah. 90 minutes out of 24 hours. And you mean to tell me you don't have 90 minutes? That's an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So if you can do everything else, but not that, but you have, you know, sought me out, you've asked me for, you know, everything under the sun and I provide that and you're not willing to do that, then I have to let you go as a client. Yeah. Because everything else is more important than you stating what you said you wanted and needed to do for yourself so for me I am um I love hard I'll say that me too I do I love hard and it could be to my detriment because then people say I mean I'm not mean I'm just very direct yeah I'm very open and honest and I don't think many people like honesty they want honesty watered down. Yeah. Or and they might just hide behind their words if they've posted yeah. something. And, and I just can't do that. To them and they yeah. hide behind the words. Of, yeah. So I, I, I can't do that. And like the post said, I, I, I believe the graphic itself stated that uh, people are so used to um, Oh, uh, what did it say? People are so used to others being indirect. Yeah. I'm just not that that person. Yeah. I'm not used to indirect conversation. Yeah. And when so I, I hear it, I'm I'm like, yes. Were you I'm talking to that person? Yeah. Because why don't you just say it to them? Yeah. I think yeah, so. I think maybe it's maybe it's like a single mom thing too, but I feel like (laughs) your time is so valuable and all the stuff that you've gone through is like, listen, I just don't have enough time to be indirect. I only have a small amount of time to really focus on this and get a solution because I've got to move forward. I've got a lot of- My energy is is for my household, my kids, (laughs) my business, and all of this playing around, I don't have time for it. I, I feel you. I feel I you. I don't have time. So hard. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I love the clients who welcome direct conversation, mm-hmm. direct feedback, because those clients excel to those 5K, 10K, 20K months of generating income because they're like, you know what? The world is not going to pacify me. Yep. They're not. Yeah. It's cutthroat. Yeah. So I have a coach who loves me enough to coach me with directness, with open, honest dialogue, and will call me on my ish when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. all because she wants to see me do that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I do. I do. That's yeah. that's the main thing. So yeah. I guess I am mean. No, you are not. You are <laughs> such an amazing human. There is not even a mean bone in your 
No, I used to be. Direct? Uh, well, and I think they're, I think. I wouldn't say me. I was, I was, I was just going to say, when yeah. you're in toxicity, part of yeah. you is tox, toxic and toxicity yeah. comes out yeah. of you when you're in that. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I also would agree with you. Though. No, and uh, now I just, if you do me wrong, I just. You're honest. I, I, I move away from it. Yeah. I, I, I could, my, my mindset is once upon a time, I didn't know you. Mm. and that's where my mind goes if you come to thought I pray for you and I move it on if I see you out in public and you say hi I say hi and I keep going I don't have conversation for a person like that anymore because now you're trying to infiltrate my my space of joy yeah and I know only I can give that away but when a person of toxicity comes into my space it's draining Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's draining and I choose I choose who I want to be around more now than I did before. So do you feel like, I mean, I don't, you know, I know that you quickly said that you were, you wanted to commit suicide after your second, after Mm -hmm. the second marriage ended. But I mean, what, what do you feel like it was like, I'm like, I'm talking with you now. I didn't know you then I, I know you now. And I just think, you're so confident. You have all this faith, you you know, there's all these amazing things with your words and your story and all these wonderful, like entrepreneurial things that you're doing and you're homeschooling and you're creating videos and you're doing all this stuff. And then it's like, to hear that, it's like, wow, I I can't even really imagine you in that state, you know? So what, what got you from there to where you are now? I mean, I know we're a work in progress, but what were some what, what happened there? That matter of factness, that mm-hmm. realness, that being blunt, that um, aggressiveness with myself. Yourself. Okay. There were questions that, and, and how can I put it? Because this is something that I've chosen to implement once I have a retreat. For one of the days, uh, this is something that I've I've prayed about since that day to implement. There were a series of questions that I always do self-reflection. Yeah. Because when I heard, and nobody, and I'll tell you specifically where I was, I was downtown by the Grand River. I had went and bought myself a single cigarette. And I was sitting there, I can't swim a lick. And all I kept thinking is the disservice that I did to my daughter and to my niece. Mm -hmm. And I felt so unworthy Um, to be her mother, uh, her niece, that I said to myself, they would be better off without without Mm you. Because that's how low I felt at the moment, which now I knew then was nothing but the enemy playing with my mind. And I cracked the door for him to come in. Yeah. And when I heard the Holy Spirit said, wait on me, and I knew looking downtown, there was no one sitting next to me. That scared me because I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. I got up, flicked the cigarette like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. Went and sat in my car and I just bawled. I was like, Lord, like, I don't do people wrong. I'm, I'm not 
what people say I am because I'm I'm direct with my words. People think I'm this, they think I'm that, they whisper, they, and I just start going through all of these different scenarios. Yeah. And when I got back to my parents' home, I went downstairs and my mother knew there was something going on. I just laid on the shade so I found something to watch. And my mother had this little shih tzu, Missy. She used to jump up and <laughs> it was like she sensed something. Aww. She crawled up and it was like her face was right here. She did not lick me, but it was right here. And I could feel her breathing. And I just said, Missy, what are you doing? And she licked my chin and she laid on my chest. And I heard her. And I just rubbed her and I said, I'm going to be okay. When I said, I'm going to be okay, she got down, she laid at my feet. And I, it, it made me feel some kind of way that I took out my journal. And I, I, I hate to even show my bookshelves over here. I'm a journal planner junk. And I started just writing. And my first words were, Lord, give me the words to say. Mm. To myself. Yeah. I went through, as a woman, every part of my body. To me, God made a, he made man, he fashioned a woman. And when I say fashion means he took some time with each intricate detail of who we are. Yeah. We are different. He made us different. Men might say complicated. That's their word. I say <laughs> unique. Unique. He uniquely designed us. So I went through head, breast, arms, shoulder, hips, knees, feet. And each one, I started asking myself questions. Why did I think things about myself that I know aren't true? Yeah. How do I see me? Yeah. Why did I allow this man to make me feel less than when God says I am? Yeah. Why do I choose to carry on my shoulders the burden of what someone else wanted me to, to carry when it's not for me to carry? So why did I choose why did I allow the arms that are supposed to hold my daughter to hold garbage, to hold baggage, to hold stress, toxicity? Why did I allow my hip? And I went through each part. That is powerful. When I got done, I was like, woo, I cried. I think that was the hardest I have ever cried. Oh. And I remember... Like I said, I'm a work in progress. I don't know where it says in God's word, but I know each tear, I, I know he caught. Yeah, yeah. And I have kept that. I, I gave that one, and I turned it into a, a, a course. I gave it to my first client. Hmm. That young lady to this day, I don't care where I am and what I do. She will post it everywhere on social media. If she'll respond, hi, mom, how you doing? I still remember when I met you. Aww. She saw my flyer or bought my book. I met with her. She was going through an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. 
Yeah. You allowed me to write that out as harsh as I thought it was. It was needed for someone else. And she said, this is hard. Yeah. She said, I don't want to ask myself these questions. I said, but you have to. I know. As a woman, you have to. So that going through those steps allowed me to be where I am today. Now, is there still room for growth? Sure. Yeah, right. Sure. For for anyone, because I I feel weak being with my husband now when his stroke happened, because I'm like, okay, he's a he's a, a big guy. I can't hold him or I can't take care of the household the way, you know, God put him in the position to do. And then I thought, okay, wait, you, know, you did it for 15 years. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Why are you sure? Change? It was like that instant. And it took a few seconds to go back. I said, sure. okay, let me click, click. Let me remind yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah. Let me remind. And those are the affirmations after answering the questions, honestly that I still to this day speak and I write them on my mirror mm-hmm. every day. I write them on my mirror to remind me. I think yeah. there's, yeah, I think there's a couple of things too, to just be noted is that you can, you can do all the things, right? You can, you can hire a bunch of coaches and you can go to church every, you, you can do all the things, but until you actually do the messy, messy, messy Ooh. work, oh, that's, that's what it's going to be, you know? Yes. I mean, Yes, you can meet in groups and you can then do this and then yeah. you can do this online course, but yeah. you gotta you gotta be willing to do it. You gotta be willing to do the growth and get money. Yourself. Yeah. Sometimes people don't I asked my niece. My niece went through a divorce three years ago. And she didn't understand all the times I've asked her, are you afraid to be alone with your own thoughts? She said, Auntie Tammy, now I understand. She just said this earlier this year. Now I understand what you meant by asking me that. Too many people are afraid to be alone with their own thoughts. God had to silence me. He had to to put me in a position of (laughs) quiet time. Right. In order for me to silence the noise around me meaning people, digital, all of that. Yeah, well, t- you have, I mean, how can you hear if there's a million things going on? Right? Exactly, I which mean, goes back to those areas of clutter that I work, help my clients work through to release. Yeah. And until they do that, like you said, get down and downright dirty going through that process, yeah, you're still gonna come out with the well, you know, I did a little bit, but I still have to hide behind this. No, mm-hmm. do the full work. Yeah, and I think too, you know, the 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 silence and the quiet mm-hmm. as women, we have we have such strong intuitions. Oh yes, it's it's relatable to if you're if you're somewhere with a friend and you're trying to audibly talk to each other and it's too noisy and you say, I can't hear you, right? Well, we would yeah. go somewhere else to be quiet so we could hear each other's voice. Well, what about what about our own intuition exactly. outside of God's voice? But as women, our intuition exactly. is so strong. If we're just busy and filling our schedule and doing all the things and- Busy doing busy work. 
Yeah. I mean, we've got to quiet that so we can hear our own internal intuition to say, Hey, this isn't okay. Hey, this isn't going well. Hey, I believe in you. Hey, you can do this. So I kind of feel like that intuition piece was just so much of what you went through too. I love, I love that. I love hearing that it was so much self and just you were muddy. It was dirty was. and hard and lost. But God had to show me the areas that I was muddy. Yeah. yeah. And then work helped me work through the areas that I was muddy because I, I refused to go to any therapist who had not been through what I had gone through. Right. Because I don't need the textbook. Me coming from healthcare, I have a background in healthcare. I didn't need the textbook therapy. Yeah. I needed somebody who knew exactly what it meant to go through an abusive situation and come out. Mm-hmm. How do you help you them work through Unless they've been through it, you don't understand. You do not understand it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I tell anybody, if you're not willing to go through it, I'm not the one for you. Yeah. I can give you the basic. But until you're ready to go through the the yeah, right? Yes, and come out like yeah, like a boxer when they bounce around the ring. I'm light, yeah, and the feeling is good. Mm -hmm. It is a good feeling, yeah. So it's good to see you on this side. I mean, it's good to see you're full of sunshine. I love thank that. you thank you so, so tell good. us a little bit of all the things since you're doing all the things but share with the audience of all the things yes. you're doing and <laughs> I know there's Not so real, I'm streamlining I am really streamlining uh, my coaching business um I am lessening the one-on-one clients to maybe three a month um doing more group coaching, creating courses, um, because I know people's time is, they're busy. So I decided to do it that way to allow people the opportunity to go through the course in their own time with a specific amount of coaching, live coaching with me that they get. Um, because then that way they can schedule it out 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Because again, people have lives, they have jobs, they have kids, and I don't want to take up all of their time. So the coaching and consulting is that, um, the authoring, um, I finished the last, um, anthology stem from my original book, um, The Day She Left, A Domestic Abuse Survivor Story, but then I did two anthology books. And the women who were in both volumes are phenomenal women. Mm. They are phenomenal women to tell their stories. Those books are The Day She Left, A Survivor's Diary, because I wanted people to understand these women are opening up their journals, their diaries, and they're letting you in on what happened to them. And some of their stories are so horrific. It is, it, it's, it's a lot that we don't realize some people go through, mm-hmm. but I loved allowing them the opportunity to now become authors. One of the young ladies that was in volume one, she is in the works with Lifetime. 
um, wow. getting hers wow. put into a little small story of a movie. So I'm in prayer with her for that. Um, speaking, I haven't done any speaking. Um, I have uh, kind of stepped back. I am still available, but with COVID and my little one, I'm just very careful. Sure. You know, if it is, it's on a virtual stage. I'll say that. Um, my podcast, I haven't done anything with my podcast. Um, I have a lot of, of content and my husband is like, all of this stuff that we talk about, he was like, you need to put this on your podcast. I said, I know. I said, but <laughs> some people just are not ready, but, um, I am, I'm, I'm slowly getting back out now that my husband is better. Um, and he's back working. Um, I can, I feel like I can breathe now and put myself out there to do the podcast. Um, the TV show, that is, that came about from a friend of mine. Just, yeah, that's a long story. And I want to get into that. But can't wait to hear about that. Gosh, I am excited. Um, that will be launching 2023. Okay. So I'm, I am so stoked about that um so i will be reaching out to some people and you being one for the tv show i'm excited because it's reaching more people than i could have ever imagined and the last thing that i worked on that i am working on and looking for um, a marketing team to help me launch is i have recently designed a shoe line and a handbag one so i am launching a you are so amazing (laughs) well let me say this was this has been in the works for over 15 20 years my son who my son he's 11 he wants wants to launch a shoe line So oh, I got him. I got the perfect person okay. to help him. Okay. I do. It was the shoe line. My shoe line is called the CG Collection. Okay. And it's for women who have a larger than average footprint. I have wide feet. Yeah. I got so sick of going to the store and I'm not able to find something stylish, fun, cute. I don't need orthopedic. I'm only 48. <laughs> I don't. I don't. And there are specific handbags that I like. So if I don't see them, I was like, oh my God, this is frustrating. Well, during my undergrad, we had to create our marketing plan and design whatever it is that, and that was what I designed. Oh, cool. So back then, it was a lot to do it. Um, last year, I said, okay. My last time going to the store, I could not find winter boots that were nice, comfortable. Mm -hmm. They say wide, but they weren't wide for my feet. They were really tight. And I said, okay, enough is enough. Time for me to take this leap. So my samples arrived a couple of weeks ago. So now I am about to um, do the full launch of the shoes and the handbag. Um, and I am stoked. That is now cool. I just have to get 
a marketing team to help me fully launch it um, and launch it the right way because I want each woman who purchases a pair to know and understand, girl, you are, when you walk in these shoes, walk in style, walk in confidence, yeah. you know, to know that no matter if you have wide feet, that doesn't, that, that doesn't make you, you, that does not define you as a woman. Mm-hmm. So I am totally That's excited. Awesome. I have I, I might have a marketing lead for you. I'll tell you about it. And then too, okay. you know, I have my studios of all sorts of women that have wide feet that are just going to love this. I love it. I love so it. we need to make sure to keep in touch of a all sneak the peek of the handbag. Like, yeah. but I'll send you, I'll send you a picture. Okay. okay. So awesome. I'll, I'll give you a, a snippet. Okay. I can't wait. Here is. Partial. Ooh. So that's one pair. I love the chair. chair that you put them on. That was a chair, right? Yeah. Yes. That was, it was that a queen's throne. I like it. Yeah. I like that throne. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And amongst all the things, yeah, I just, I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming, but I should have not been surprised of all the other things. <laughs> I should have just known that a shoe line was coming at me at the very end of this. That's what you're doing. That's what my husband said. He's like, so what's next? I said, the shoe did it for me because these are things that even when I'm older, I can hire someone to promote. As long as I have those in the handbags, I'm good. Yeah. It's for my children's children to make sure they have what they need. You are amazing. You are really, really amazing in all that you do. And I even more so didn't know a lot of, you know, a lot of what you shared today. And I'm, I'm really grateful for me that, you know, people ask like, why are you doing a podcast or why are you redesigning? And for me, it was, you know, it, it was to know, like to, to share with women, Hey, yeah. your past does not yeah. have to define your future. So I'm right. so thankful and grateful that the Lord put on your heart to share what you did today and that that will be shared with women and that they will hear your story and know that, you know what, she's, she's confident and she made it through and I can too, because yeah, that's my heart for this true. whole entire thing. Yes. So and I love what you're doing. I love the redesign. Thank Many you. people don't think about that. They just, Thank oh, you. I got to start over. No, you're just redesigning. You're yeah. just redesigning and it's okay. Yeah. And it's I okay. love what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining me today. I know that we're going to talk so much more in the future. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, we are. For you today, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Until next time, be reminded that your past does not have to define your future, and that you always have a choice to live a life redesigned. See you soon.